You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, the playoffs are kicking off in the NBA, and DraftKings has an awesome promotion going on. Every day of the NBA playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part is, it's totally free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every single day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at twenty grand in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at twenty grand in total prizes every day of the NBA playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That promo code is THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Leafs fucking <coughs> choked again podcast. 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 What a dumb year for the Flames to miss the playoffs. These idiots. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. I don't know where you're at, but if someone was to say to you, "Look, if the Flames miss the playoffs, the Habs." are going to pull a major upset on the Leafs by coming back from a 3-1 deficit to absolutely destroy and annihilate their fan base. And the Jets will sweep McNeckbeard and the Coilers in four. Would you take it? I would, I would take, I would not take it just because, I mean, if the Flames get in the play, you know what? I would take it because knowing the Flames, they would get smoked in the playoffs anyways. I mean, if you're looking at how good. But then I watch like, like we could have, yeah, if you're watching whoever like (laughs) Montreal or Winnipeg is going to get so royally fucked. It's not even going to be funny. So that fact alone is like, yeah, I'll take this because even if the Flames had made it to the third round, Colorado have been waiting for them and just royally destroyed them. So I'll take an Oilers sweep and a Leafs choke job. Which is worse, though? Like, I honestly think the Leafs choking is worse. Yeah, I think it is. If you're comparing the two, it has to be. Because, like, the Oilers one is just, like, you know, like, every game was close. Three games went to overtime. It was like, wow, they just were, like, kind of shell-shocked. The this Leafs is, was like they, they had it right there and they choked. Again, 
Again? This is the difference. The Oilers ones is the Oilers ones like <laughs> that's so Oilers. Yeah. The Leafs ones like wow, that's so Leafs. Like it, it's it's bad. It's bad. Three-one lead. They haven't won a playoff series since the Flames were in the Stanley since the year the Flames went to the Stanley Cup final. They blew a three-one lead. I don't know. The only reason why I ask you that question to open up with is those are the two fan bases this season, the Oilers going back to last season and beyond that are just the worst, the literal worst two fan bases to deal with in hockey. I mean, that we have to deal with as Flames fans. Uh, we get, we usually don't have to deal with Toronto fans. We get a taste of that this season. Holy fuck. Were they, were they cocky? I couldn't believe it, it just blows my mind. And I don't recall us being like this. I don't recall Flames fans, period, being like this. Where it's just like, oh, yeah, we're challenging for the cup. Even when even when we finished first in the conference and people were picking us to win the cup, people were picking us to go to the finals. I was more in a state of disbelief. Like, is this really real? Could this really happen? I was excited. I wasn't sitting there being like, we're winning the fucking cup, losers. Hey, Oilers, you fucking losers. We're winning the cup. Hey, Leafs, you guys suck. We're so much better. That's all we had to deal with all season long. Like the the the, the Maple Leaf fan base literally thought they were cup contending. They were a cup contending team. And I mean, like, we kind of did too. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you did too. Um, you and I both, I, I am blown away that the Habs managed to to take out the Leafs. I mean, we're going to break it down as much as we can today in a short period of time. Fuck. It's just that boastful. Again, like, that's a good point. It is. Like, we said this for Flames fans. Like, I'm, I'm sure other fan bases know of Flames, hand, Flames fans who are dicks. But like, for the most part, I, this is what I tell people. It's like, I never brag about anything. I'm just like, I'm exactly like you, right? Like, if we're good, I'm like, are we actually good? Like, this can't be real. And then we get creamed in the playoffs. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, I knew we weren't good. We suck. I knew it all along. You know, like, I never boast about the <laughs> If anything, I'm just, like, ashamed and know we suck. Like, I, I, I'm ashamed to boast. I'm, I'm a shameful Flames fan. It's yep. just, like, the exact opposite. Where it's, like you said, these, like, how many times this season have you seen? And that's the thing with the Leafs that I think makes it just, like, an extra step above because the greasy sweatpants pigs up in Edmonton, they always oh. think they're the greatest of all time. But, like, the, the fact that the Leafs are, like, backed by the media so hard. Like, you think Ron McLean and the panel were distraught after the Oilers got swept? How do you think they're feeling tonight? Oh, yeah, there was a little bit of the same disheveled look on our Holy face. Holy shit, they are just, like... The Leafs fandom being media sponsored is what just gives me a lot more glee in them being eliminated. Totally. And listen, if you ever if you ever thought the NHL was fixed, the fact that the Leafs, the biggest market in the NHL, haven't won a playoff round since 2004, that's all you need to know about the NHL being fixed. Playoff round? How about a cup? I like. I'll bring this up. I mean, we had to talk about this Oilers fan I was dealing with on the last podcast. <laughs> During that whole Jake Muzzin thing, it was ridiculous how good this, this how good these this fan base thought their team was. And I mean, look, their team was good, but look at your playoff history. I mean, you just all you all the Leafs just did tonight, losing game seven, almost not even almost getting shut out again. 
losing when you're up three, one in a series, blowing a three choking again, you're going to choke again. How many, if you look back in the past with this, this team's playoff history, recent past, the choking is unbelievable. It's like, it's what they do. Dude, so it, the- it, it's, it's, if you like, it's almost surreal. Like still, like even watching that Boston game where they choked in game seven in like 2013 or whatever. It's unbelievable. Like it's still to this day, unreal that that happened in a game. They choke. That's what they do. That's, all, that's what they do. They and I mean, I mean, I bring up the whole fan thing. The last fan I was, I can't remember what started it. And then these fans on, you know, when you're on Twitter, I'm sure it's on the same of any platform. They just come out of nowhere. It's just like, where'd this guy even come from? They seek you out, right? They I don't seek, seek anybody out. out. I've never gone on social media and like sought out a Lisa or this fan and be like, ah, you suck. Like never. We're so much better. Matthew Kachuk or who's the equivalent? Like Justin Hall's a piece of shit. So anyways, I was, this guy's like, yeah, 13 cups to one. You're really going to try and make fun of our franchise? 13 to one. And I'm like, 13 to one. I go back, I look at the internet. The last time they won a Stanley Cup, was it the 60s? 67, I think. Is that correct? Dude, I asked the dude, I'm like, so how many have you been alive for? (laughs) And then I said... Well, it must be really hard to win back in the day when there's fucking six teams. That's the last time you were winning, pal. Back when there were six teams. I remember, dude. And then two weeks later, I'm watching whatever, some show on TSN or Sportsnet about Leafs, whatever, fandom, yeah, history, blah, blah. Dude, they were showing highlights of the last Stanley Cup. It was black and white. The cup, dude, I don't think they've ever won a cup. Like, remember when the Stanley Cup just used to be the top part? <laughs> <laughs> sure they've, oh never, sure they've never won the full Stanley Cup. I could I, be way wrong on that. I honestly didn't even know the Leafs were that pathetic of an organization until we had to play them in our own division this season, until all this stuff happens. And then I have to go and do my own research and be like, why are they beaking us so hard? Why do they think they're so good? Have they let's look at their 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 success as a franchise? Oh, they won all the Stanley Cups back in the modern or not the modern, the old era, back when TV was black and white. Like how many cups did they win pre-TV? All of them? Like, I mean, TV was on, but I mean, when did TV come into the equation? Like in the 50s? Like most of them. I'm looking at the Stanley Cup. It was the full Stanley Cup, the last one they won, but it was like hollow and still pretty. Still pretty old school, so, and that's when I get like that inferiority inferiority complex. Like, dude, oh, be like bad. us, be cool like us, you know, and know that your team sucks and be ashamed of it. But like you said, it practice stem, shame. It stems from the top of the media out yeah. to the the ether, or I don't know, the rest of the entire nation. It's, it's I don't know, it's kind of weird. It's weird, and I abs like. I didn't even really want them to lose. Like I wanted the Oilers to lose. I just wanted them to lose out of morbid curiosity. Cause like, what do they do now? Yeah, I know what you mean. I honestly, I was pretty indifferent until the Habs forced game six. And then I was like, fuck, could you imagine? Then I started cheering for the Habs. They forced game seven. Then I'm all in on the Habs. I'm like, yeah, yeah same, same reason. I want to see another team, another fan base that I 
I don't really hate the Leafs fan base. I can do the Oilers fan base, but I, I've grown a little dislike this season. I'd like to see those people deal with it again. I wonder how they're dealing with it right now. And so I mean, Steve mis- Dang- misery. Steve Dangle, yeah, Steve Dangle, Dangle is going to lose his. Abs. He's probably in that calm serenity now state before he goes nuts. <laughs> um, but I mean, misery loves company too. It's like, yeah, our season sucked, but at the end of the day, whose season was worse? The Oilers who got swept <laughs> or the Leafs who choked again? Like, <laughs> I'm just glad everyone else is as pissed off as is, is feeling as shitty as we feel. I did a poll. I asked that question. In all honesty, in all honesty, which of these Canadian teams' season was the biggest disappointment? The Maple Leafs? The Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, or the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks placed below Ottawa. They have a nice little excuse there with the whole COVID thing, injuries. But they finished last after they were in the second of, round. Yeah, being the second round to dead last in the division. You're, you, you know, everybody's the fans are expecting you to make the playoffs. So I don't know if you were to honestly answer that question. How would you rank? these four teams, these four organizations in terms of how disappointing the season is. Well, I think you've got the Leafs are at the top, like bar none. They should have been in the Stanley cup conversation this year. Yeah, I agree. They, that's the biggest disappointment. It might be different if let's say, cause here's how the series goes down, right? Montreal wins game one, Leafs win the next three. So let's say the Leafs tied up and Montreal goes up to one Leafs tied up. And then Leafs go up 3-2 in Montreal. But to be up 3-1. And I Again, think just to, to fashion, Montreal, right? It's not like it's not like they're playing Boston or Tampa, who they would normally play. It's the Canadians. The fourth seed, the guys that guys, but we won more games then. The Canadians had no business beating the Maple Leafs. <laughs> so how did it happen? Like I, it's I like I don't know. Carey Price was awesome. It's probably number one. But right? Jack Jack Campbell was he was fine. He was good to great in between somewhere in between there, right? I mean he he did everything. It wasn't his fault. He did, it, he give you probably gave you a chance to win every one of those games. Like it just it literally, and I don't say this lightly because I hate it when it gets levied against Gaudreau Monahan. But it is different. I was saying this to you before we come we came on, and it's like. Okay, when the Flames have been smoked in the last three playoff series they played against the Avalanche, against the Ducks, and against the Dallas Stars, not in that order, I fucked that order up, against the Stars, the Avalanche, and the Ducks, it is just, you've come away from those series being like, holy shit, we didn't even deserve to be in that series. We have a lot of work to do. We stink, you know, like, it exposed. We want to play just like we did. (laughs) Yeah, We're pretty happy with the results. Can you imagine if Keith comes out tonight, he's like, no, we want to play just like that. What do you think you need to do differently? Ah, uh, what do you mean different? Play just like that next year. Nothing. We're gonna do the exact same thing. Fuck. General manager, what are you gonna do? Sit on my hands. Oh, wait a minute. There's some fourth line plug PTOs available. Let's pick them up. It's like that scene on Dumber Dumber. Hey Lloyd, there's some more PTOs. Hey Brad, just pick them up on the side of the road. There's some more PTOs I need to get. Try out for a job, Brad. Where? Let's pick him up. 
So if you look at those series where it's like, yeah, the flame, like the flames just got exposed for being a not great hockey club. Then I have a problem with people piling on Jerome Monahan saying, yeah, they can't get it done. Well, it was like, they are so far down the list of problems with the team. Like, sure, they're on there, but it's not like they're the reason, the sole reason. Like if Johnny Gaudreau scores four goals against the Colorado Avalanche in that series in 2019, Nathan McKinnon is still winning. Like the Colorado Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon are still steamrolling us because our defense sucked and our coach didn't know what the hell he was doing and our goaltending sucked. But with the Leafs, it's like, like you said, they won the first three games. They pretty much dominated games one through four. And I would say in terms of quality of shots, they were should have won game six and seven. They were carousing up three, one last podcast we were on. We were like, oh yeah, this one's fucking over. Like it's done. So then you look at Matthews and Marner. They had one goal between them in this series. Like those guys are like, what was the diff? The, the, the margin of error in this series was pretty thin. And it was probably the fact that those two guys couldn't score. Like, I think, the, I think, like, is it between their years? What's the deal? Those guys can't it, score. It has to be. You know, they can. You know, they do. Top, Marner's top five in scoring. <laughs> Austin Matthews Austin had 40 Matthews. goals this year. He couldn't Austin. score one. He scored one, I guess. I mean, it's not it's not a skill thing. These guys have it. I don't know, man. Like, I look at this series, and I only paid kind of real close attention to the last three games. Yeah, I it's didn't that, watch at all in the first three or four, for sure. I, I watched the first one. Um, but, yeah, obviously the, the, the 2,500 fans really piqued my interest. I was tuned in for that. But – I look at it. I think I'm going to chalk it up as as because of under coaching for me. Um, obviously, they're dealing with some key injuries, right? Muzzin goes down. Yeah, and that can't be overlooked either. Sounds like Felino was hurt. Um, obviously, John Tavares, one of your top four the forwards, captain. On the team, captain, he goes down. But then what? I mean, you need to be able to to close at a series. You're up three one. I mean, you, you won three games with, with, without him. So, I don't know. To me, it comes down to coaching. Because if it is between the years, then if they're not going to figure it out themselves, then they need someone else to guide them through it. So, we've had this discussion plenty of times with regards to the Calgary Flames when you compare Jeff Ward to Daryl Sutter. Like, I'm looking at the Montreal Canadiens and the way they played the last three games, they look a hell of a lot more like the Calgary Flames uh, to close out the series when we actually look pretty good in, under Daryl's system, right? Then, then the Maple Leafs looked like the Calgary Flames. So, I don't know. There's there's something to be said with style of play because here's here's the biggest difference for me if you're looking at style of play and you can chalk it up under coaching. If you're looking at the Leafs versus the Habs, like what's the what's the mindset of the Leafs? Don't really know. I think their mindset is, okay, let's go out and win. Like, you know what I mean? You can't really like peel it back and be like, okay, it's obvious how they're trying to win. Where if you look at the, uh, the Canadians, it's a little more clear cut, right? They're like, okay, we know that in order to win, this is what we have to do. All we have to do is go and execute X, Y, Z. We got to shut down Myron Matthews, close gap, blah, blah, blah. 
Carrie Price is going to have to make some saves. we got to be strong five on five, all those things. And then it translates into success. Like they won. We just talked about this on the last podcast and you, you, you kind of corrected me, right. In, in the sense of the better team doesn't necessarily win each series. The team that deserves to win wins the series. It's not even so much that the, the Canadians de- deserve to win that series over the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs didn't deserve to win it. Yeah. They couldn't close it out. If you can't close it a series up to one, sorry, you don't deserve to win. You got three chances to close at a series. You couldn't do it. But to me, I look at it totally mindset. I mean, it's weird. There was like eight minutes left in the game. It was two nothing. And the cameras and all the, the Maple Leafs players, and they look like they're fucking defeated. They're like, we can't believe we're going to lose this. Like, that's, that's what they look they like. They knew. They knew they were done. Like, what the fuck is that? You're not done. There's eight minutes left. It's only two goals. You have one of the most high-octane offenses in the league. You have the best goal scorer in the league. You have a guy that's top five scoring in the league. Your back end can contribute. Like, you're not done. Why were they done? I don't understand that. And listen, we talked about it. There's history there. Steve Dangle is going off about this team's haunted. Well, at some point, yeah, a lot of it's between between the ears. And if a player is going to come in, walk into this situation where the team is quote-unquote cursed, I mean, you saw it in Anaheim for us, at some point, I mean, I'll, I'll credit Glenn Galdson for, for breaking that Anaheim curse. He just turned it right up on its head. He had that fucking weird juju guy in his in the dressing room. Do you remember that thing? It was like some sort of figurine doll. Oh, the voodoo doll. <laughs> they had a name for it. I can't remember. But they were all like, they created a shrine in the dressing room. They're just having so much fun with it. It's like, you need to change the mindset. And sometimes trying to win is not what you need to do. Like, you just got to, like, you got to change it. Something that's going to have an effect. So I don't know. And that's why I look at it. For me, if I'm looking at the, the list, this last two games, especially this game seven, that's kind of how I like. I look at Sutter. I'm like, fuck, could Sutter have, have got us to a place where we could have beat the Leafs? If the Habs could beat the Leafs, I don't see how we couldn't beat the Leafs. Well, and what has Daryl been talking about so much? The preparation, you know? The preparation and, and the goal setting. Yeah, and, it's, and it seems like the reason why I bring up this comparable with the Leafs and the Habs, and I'm com- com- kind of comparing us to the Habs here, is like the Leafs game plan looks like, yeah, we're going to outscore the opponent. Like that's the game plan. It's vague. Yeah. Whereas exactly. It's vague. And the team's designed like that from the GM down high end skill. We're going to outscore the opponents and it works in the regular season. It's not working in the playoffs apparently, but if you look at the, the Habs mindset and I bring it up because that's exactly what we've seen with Daryl, the 30 games that he was here, especially the last 20, you really saw it, especially the last 10, 15. We're not trying to outscore the opponent. Obviously you are, but the, the number one rule of the game is to control, right? Probably the neutral zone, control possession, be good defending, close that up. Like we want to obviously generate more chances. It's like the how, right? Yeah. How are you going to outscore your opponent? All these little things that Daryl breaks it down into those little, and he's even talking about how the team didn't have any of these goals set coming into the season. I don't know. I, I, for me, and, and maybe I'm 
reading between the lines too much, but I just, it, to me, it feels very similar compared with, with Sheldon Keith compare if you're comparing with Daryl Sutter and the two different styles of approach. Well, yeah, I, Chris Versteeg was on the, the afternoon show today. And I think he made a really good point that kind of speaks to that he was talking about the game six overtime winner. Um, where, you know, I think it was Dermot. He makes that play there, right? Like he, 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 Versteeg was talking about how he attributes some of the Leafs issues in the series to coaching. He was saying, for example, you look at that, that game winning goal in, in game six, what is Dermot doing with the puck? He's doing what he, you know, is supposed to be doing in a regular game. He's regrouping, which the Leafs do a lot of because they're really focused on holding on to the puck, not just moving the puck up the ice as fast as they can. Dermot holds on to the puck, skates back into his own zone, big mistake, turns it over. It's in the back of your net. He's like, you look at the, you look, he, he was talking about how in a series against the, the Vancouver Canucks when he was in Chicago, when they would play those games, and especially in any game that went to overtime, so I think this is like 2010, in the, it might have been the West Final or the West Semifinals, he said they knew every time that, that Daniel and Henrik Sedin were on the ice, they were never taking the puck willingly back into their own end. They were never skating the puck back into their own end. They were never passing the puck back into their own end. They were moving the puck up the ice at all times because they did not want to get caught ever, not once, because as soon as the Sedins can force a turnover, you're toast. He was using that as an example to say, okay, in overtime, the Leafs need to be aware of that. It's like, you just got to move that puck up the ice, you know? And then another, another yep. point he brought up about the coaching was the power play. The power play sucked and they didn't make any adjustments. How long of, how many times this season have we been furious about Jeff Ward not making adjustments? Yep. Sheldon Keefe didn't fix the power play in the entire series. That power play stunk all series and they didn't, couldn't get anything going and he didn't make any adjustments in it. And yep. when the when the mar when the 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 margin of error is so thin, things like that make the difference. It's when you're when you're playing hockey up through all the levels, right? You learn this early on, right? The blue lines, right? You hear you hear it all the time. Still, even the National Hockey League, you got to clear your own blue line, and you don't want to turn it over on either blue line. When you have possession, you don't want to turn it over on your own, and you want to, you don't want to turn it over on their blue line. So. Pucks, if you're you got to get it deep, if you're on their blue line, you don't want to turn it over. And if you're trying to break out of your own end, make sure you get it out the blue line, right? It's like simple shit like that, but it's kind of bringing it up with the whole Sedin's thing. Like in the regular season, it's kind of like, yeah, we know like that's the game plan, but if it you know, if it doesn't happen, like whatever, you know, if there's a if you get a turnover, but in the playoffs, it's like like there's zero room for error, zero. And especially it's, it's much playing, more situational, right? Yeah. And if you're playing against beasts like like the Sidians, you know, right? That's how a, that's a good comparable. I don't know, man. I just feel like I feel like it's a coaching thing, personally. And I'm not saying that Sheldon Keefe's not a good coach, but I just feel like he doesn't have the ability to take these guys to that next level. Just kind of like how we were feeling with Ward. Obviously, it's a way it's a way different measurement stick, right? Ward was a complete amateur, but you can see the difference starting to take shape between Ward and Sutter. And I'm re I would be really curious, man, to see what a Sutter playoff team would look like. Like this team, our current team, if we could have if we could have scraped together five more points, like what like. 
All I could if, think if about, Jets... all I could think about watching both those two North exactly. Korean series, like we would have fucking won both of these series. If the Jets could sweep the Oilers, we could have beat them. If the Montreal Canadiens, who like you saw it the last two weeks of the season, we're pretty much the exact same comparable. If they can beat the Leafs, we probably could have beat the Leafs. Especially if you had – like, I don't know. It just kind of – looking at the way things have kind of shaken down, it, it actually – it strengthens my belief in Daryl Sutter. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's weird. Well, it's not even weird. It's just like I'm super confident in that guy. And we would have won both those series. Okay, Joe Boo. That was the name. The voodoo doll. Joe Boo. Joe I remember. Boo. I remember that. I hated that Glenn Gulletson era, though, so I kind of block a lot of them from. That was like the one thing he did well. Yeah, that and the sick throw. Was but then that bitch got swept by the stupid Ducks in the round one because he wouldn't pull Elliot. God. So for all the good juju he he created from that breaking the Anaheim curse, he flushed it all down the toilet. Now the Leafs, we talked about on this podcast. It's been talked about. Throughout the whole world of hockey, I'm starting to see it make its rounds already in Twitter. The Leafs in the offseason went out and got bigger. They got tougher because that's that's what apparently they needed to do. Got to get that experience, dude. They need to get older and wiser and, and tougher and bigger. They added Thornton, Spezza. I don't know if I didn't see Thornton play one shift other than that power play. Maybe they're not playing him enough. Simmons, Felino late. Apparently he's injured. It didn't translate. So can we squash this whole this whole notion of as long as you have big vets? Grit, hate to lose. And you know what to go. You know what is really interesting about this, and I think we have a good perspective on it because we were front and center and had a. a front row seat for the emergence of the Colorado avalanche. Like we were there first. Now everyone else is on this, like, Holy shit, Colorado. It's like, we were the lamb to the slaughter. Yep. That, 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 we were the breakout party. Yeah. And then like, you look, literally though, the <laughs> no, team has true. not even changed much. The team has not even changed much, but you look at, cause you said, okay, that doesn't work. Bringing in the experience, the big guys, the tough guys. Okay. What's worked getting skilled as shit. Has worked and fast. And And if you want skilled, fast, big guys, even better. Like Landis Gog and Ranthanen, like those are McKinnon. Those guys are, they're, they're beasts as well. They're not like little five foot nine Johnny Gaudreau's or Mitch Marner's. You can push them off the puck pretty easy. These guys are like, they're huge. Buddy, did you, okay. If you look at, can you imagine looking at like, Nathan McKinnon and Landis Gog and Renton and being like, yeah, we need to get bigger in, in, but all in contrast going, no, we need to get faster and more skilled. We need to add Burkowski. You know what? We need to add Brandon sod. You know what? We need to go get Devon Taves. Like imagine all the guys that they added. Just imagine that's your philosophy. And you know what? We're going to put 20 year old Kale McCarr or whatever he was when he played the flames into a playoff game. You know what? We're going to put Alex Newhook into our lineup tonight. Like, Meanwhile, uh, Brad's driving down the highway. Hey, what's Brett Ritchie doing hitchhiking? Let's pick him up. 
Hey, Brett. Lucky, your lucky day. I got my checkbook hey, and my glove hey, box here. Brett, you're big. You know how to throw them. You look like you got some grit to your game. And, like, you know what else is funny about the avalanche emergence is because he, here's a common uh, a common retort I hear about how, you know, oh, Tree Living's done some good things. He's drafted well. It's like, oh, so he's done one out of how many different things. Like, look at how the avalanche are built. They're core guys there that they drafted and developed. How fucking good are those guys? How good is I know Nathan McKinnon is number one pick, whatever. So Landis Cog's a high pick. But you look at guys like Jost, Ransonin, McKinnon, Landis Cog. Like, and then you look at guys who have been here added recently, recently drafted. Kale McCarr. How did they get that pick that they drafted those guys with? Through a Matt Duchesne trade. And you know what? It's funny, and we're gonna talk about Sean Monahan a bit, but I was thinking about how a lot of the Avalanche's success. Hinged on how well Joe Sackick played that Matthew Shane trade. Yeah. Because if, if you go back and you, you recall that Matthew Shane requested a trade, said, get me the fuck out of here. Joe Sackick was like, nah, I'll trade you and I want to trade you, bitch. 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 Holds I mean, on to it him. Co- costing you the worst regular season ever, but. It costed him. And it, it holds on to him. Holds on to well, him. Look at you now. Look at you now. Look at what that turned into. Now you've got one of the most best young. Like, dude, these guys are still young. It's insane. And I'm out. like, it's just unbelievable to me. If you look at everything the Leafs did, and then you look at everything the Avalanche did in the offseason, and this is the result. Like, this is why. This is why Colorado is so much. I think they've leapfrogged every good team in the league because they not only did they double down on what they're good at, they got better at what they're good at. So when are general managers like Brad Treleving going to wake up right? and, and follow the, the new template? Is it not, is it not that obvious? Like imagine you still have some of these dinosaurs. No, we want to, we want to resign Reeves, Brett Ritchie. Intangibles, Uchi. baby. Here's, here's how I look at the whole grit talent thing. Cause you're looking at this narrative being pushed like, yeah, okay. You need guys like Sam Bennett because of Sam paper truculence to help you win in the playoffs. And I'm not saying that that's incorrect. All I'm saying is that does it, does it, does it translate to winning? I think it's the other way around. Winning translates to grit. Look at, if you look, if you travel back in your memory bank and if you're a younger listener, you'll have to, come up with your own comparables here but for me growing up it was stevie y joe sackick marilyn mew you know the end of wayne gretzky sergey fedorov uh brendan shanahan like all these beasts right like do you remember how good the colorado detroit series is used to be just unreal man like and, and like just and you can even throw dallas in there too like dallas detroit colorado if you got to watch those teams growing up like what an absolute war it was every time in the Western playoffs. And what made it a war was because of the level of skill on the ice. In my opinion, it wasn't like, okay, two big defensive teams with giant players are just going to fight, but that's, that's going to make it a war, right? Just gets, like, look at those, that, that, that one replay of Stevie Y where it's like from behind the net, the game winning goal, and that's a clapper goal from the, red line and you can see the puck coming for like the little tiny space in the net and it's, that's it 
game's over and they're going crazy. To me, that's grit, right? It's like being able to execute your skill in any aspect of the game, in any level of, of you know, speed or intensity that's thrown at you. I think winning is what leads to grit. I don't think it's the other way around. Exactly. And it's kind of funny you bring that up because a lot of people are saying like, oh, uh, Connor McDavid needs to have his Steve Eiserman moment where he really connects, commits to defense, and then he'll win a Stanley Cup. It's like, look at those Red Wings teams when they won Stanley Cups. How many Hall of Famers were on those teams? Did they teach Steve Eiserman defense or did they go out and load up on skill and talent and guys who were really fucking good? <laughs> like, look at those teams. Shanahan, like you said. Shanahan, Fedorov, Lidstrom, Larry, like a guy like Igor Larionov, if you remember him, or Pavel Datsuk, those are gritty guys. Those are guys who can execute their skill at the highest level when it gets really difficult to play. Exactly. So it's just, it's really, it's Kyle Dubas, listen to all the people who said, yeah, they just need to get bigger, tougher, more intangibles, more leadership. Joe Sackick said, yeah, fuck that shit. Give me some Devon Taves, baby. And... <laughs> One team is looking like they are cruising and the other team is out again. The the other comparable I'll make here. I mean, because this has come this comes up like crazy now that the others get punked. This whole McDavid to McKinnon comparison. McKinnon, my God. I watched uh, shit, did you did you watch the first game with the, the Knights? <laughs> like, how does he turn he on look, the look? He looked like McDavid. Like, okay, I, I know I know it's kind of like the invoke thing to be like McKinnon's better than McDavid. He's not, but I mean, one thing I think he is just as good at is turning up the Jets and like getting up to top speed in like two or three strides. Holy shit. Yeah. And the reason why I brought him up and the point I wanted to make, which is what, you know, to reiterate what you just said, everyone's like, yeah, no, I'll take McKinnon over McDavid. Really? <laughs> What if McDavid was on the Colorado Avalanche and McKinnon was on the Oilers? Let's say, let's say uh, Nathan or Connor let's, McDavid let, had Gabe Landeskog and Miko Rantanen for line mates. <laughs> let's say his def- best defenseman did, but <laughs> Kale McCarr instead of Darnell Nurse. <laughs> and, what, even good goaltending. <laughs> let's say Mike Smith wasn't the number one goaltender. It's just, it's pretty incredible. And you know what? It's not even that incredible. I've said this a hundred times. We've talked about the avalanche as like a perfect exemplar. Because, you know, like like we said, we were there when it happened. And we've been talking about, okay, the flames went one way. The avalanche went another way after that series was over. Two general managers had two different perspectives on how their team should improve. And we've seen one team completely go into the shitter. And the other team become what's looking like one of the best teams in the modern era of hockey, you know, potentially, potentially. I mean, you punk the Vegas Golden Knights. Look, they're tired. They are banged up. Leonard starting, but still the the way they, the way they dominated the Knights, have the Knights been dominated like that since they've entered the league? Well, I mean, like, listen, I know it's everybody's likes to make fun of the blues right now, but like, it's not like the blues suck, right? Like they won Stanley Cup like three, two years ago. It's not like they are just terrible. And they swept them with ease. Ease. And it's like, you just, it's it hasn't been 
That's what I keep saying. And I mean, I know being a GM is a lot harder than, you know, us fans make it out to be. But it's not like the Avalanche have been doing something so mind-bogglingly out there and so different and so, like, they're, they're an outlier because they've done a few simple things. They've doubled, they, they had some good players. They've doubled down on their style of play that, you know, made them really good instead of doing what we did, which is completely scratch everything that made us good. So the adjustments they've made have been, okay, we play a certain way. We're really good at playing that certain way. Let's get better at playing that way. They've improved their defense and they've, they've done it all without having any bad contracts on their books. They've hired a really good head coach. They've, graduated and developed young players really well. It's just like, it's not rocket science. They just are doing a really good job in all aspects of running a hockey team and running an organization and running a franchise. Start modeling after that now. Don't nope. wait another, don't wait another three years. Nope. Nope. We're going to completely, nope. completely no, that didn't work. You saw what happened. Brad Drew Living's uh, his, his actual physical testing for through his PTO guys is how fast they can knead a pizza. Eh? <laughs> you look like you got some pretty strong forearms. How fast can you need that pizza? And cucumbers. <laughs> Little deep cut Seinfeld joke for you. So. The whole McDavid McKinnon comparison, yeah. Well, McKinnon's on an actual good team. McDavid is not. Yeah. McDavid is better. I would I would pick him on my team, but I would just rather have a good team, please. That'd be nice. Exactly. Like you know, maybe build a good team. That's probably where you should start instead of just like throwing one poor slap out there. And all right, Johnny Gaudreau, carry us to the playoffs and do a Stanley Cup, or else we're gonna blame you for everything that went wrong. You piece of shit. Did Wayne Gretzky have grit? LZA did. Just, just not in the way that the GMs talk about it, right? And I think one other, one other uh, kind of like uh, delineation, like the Leafs, because I mean, you you can make a comparable if the Avs are top heavy, but you look at how they allocate their dollars, right? Like the Leafs, as soon as John Tavares went out, the Leafs' depth was exposed, right? Whereas you look at the Avalanche, like their middle six forwards are compensated pretty well. Like they have a good chunk of guys who are paid in that two-ish to five-ish range. So when you allocate your money and resources properly and you pay guys like Brandon Sod, who's only 28, like you want to talk about a guy who's fast and big dude is 6'1", 206, skates really well. He's playing on their third line. Are you kidding me? Makes $5 million. Meanwhile, uh, Brett Ritchie's playing on our second. <laughs> I think they have any PTOs on their team? <laughs> Joe Sack is like, Joe Sack, every time a GM sends PTO, he just laughs. Eh? <laughs> so, yeah, that's another reason I think the Leafs, you know, their cap structure has been highly criticized. And I, I mean, I'm a big defender of paying your top guys, but. It, I think it is an issue when you're paying three guys like 30 plus mil. I think that's going to continue to be an issue. That's similar to the Oilers, right? At least it will be when they sign Nurse. And I sure hope so. And or. Tyson Berry, baby, get him locked up. 
Yeah, Andrew Berry. So okay, uh, anything else on the on anything else left on the Leafs here? Blowing a three-one series lead, unbelievable. It's still unreal, man. I can't even believe it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think if like if they have Sutter as their coach, I think they win that series. Yeah, I agree. Because they're focused on all the right things of how to win. They're not just focused on winning. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been one of the biggest refreshing things we've seen with Sutter. Okay, well let's do, let's do um, let's do a round one recap here. Seeing as that uh, tonight signifies the end of round one, we were just waiting on uh, game seven between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Avs route the Blues for nothing. I mean, we touched on that series for what it's worth. The Avs just look really good. Um, Vegas, they make it past Mini. Um, this series might have been closer than what a lot of people thought. I don't think we were surprised, but um, I'm, I am a little surprised. <laughs> the, the Wild, they almost came out of that series. I I was really pulling hard for the Wild. I, I It kind of went exactly how I expected it. Like, I thought they'd make a series of it, but in the end, Vegas is just too good. And Yeah. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury was unreal, so. Yeah. So what did you think about the decision to start with uh, Robin Leonard? In game one, I don't know why you do that. I really don't. Because DeBoer was saying, yeah, he played a lot of games in, in you know a short period of time, and they were intense and whatnot. I, I mean, think, unless I you're think, unless you're just taking the L on that one because you know you're going to get smoked anyways. I don't know. Well, here's how I here's what I like about it. Before I tell you what I don't like about it, what I like about it is you have two really good goaltenders. You have Robin, a guy in Robin Leonard who can also win you games. And I think that if you're Pete DeBoer, you're thinking, okay, well, if we go deep, what if I need to go to two goaltenders? I don't want Robin Leonard to get too far away from playtime. I got trust in him. And Flurry could use a rest. Makes perfect sense to do it. Here's why I don't like it. Did you not see the first series against the Colorado Avalanche? You, you don't have time to fuck around. Yeah, exactly. You, you, Now's not the time. To, you're not playing the long no. game against the Avalanche. Like, you, you got to win. You want to give Fleury a break? You give him a break when you play the winner of the Canadian division. Exactly. You past the Avs. You can give him a whole series off if you're playing the Canadians or Jets. So I understand, I think, the rationale behind it, but um, at the same token. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it. I would have been pissed if you can't. If I was a Knights fan. You can't be um, fucking around with, with, with not even a, a period, let alone a game, with the Avs right now, with the yeah. way they're playing. Like, Screw that. that. Now you put yourself in a hole, man, bad decision. Big mistake. Okay. Uh, Winnipeg. Uh, <laughs> who'd they, who'd they beat again? Well, it's still happy days. Oh, yeah, it was, here, it was the Oilers. What, what was the, how many games did that take? Did the Oilers even win one? How many days did it take? Like six? Six days. Beautiful. And then we obviously talked about the Montreal Toronto series. So, the Islanders get past the the Pens. I think we both picked the Islanders to win the series just based on um, Trots, yeah. Barry Trots alone. That series played out probably exactly how I think most people had it pegged. Barry Trots and the the Penguins goaltending was suspect, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, if they had, if they do, if the, if the Pens had Flurry or if they had. 
Price or yeah, Jerry cost in that one for sure. Yeah. If they had Mike Smith, they might have won that series. Like, geez. Whoa. Jari was terrible. Whoa. Whoa. So and then nice. let's let's touch on it because the game happened tonight. The Boston and the Islanders have already played two games. And the, the Islanders win tonight. I haven't seen any highlights yet, but I think was it overtime? The Islanders are like gonna are, are kind of starting to get that sneak up on people and win vibe. Totally. They just know how to win, especially in the playoffs. Like, and you look at their playoff history, they've been there like every year, like time and time and time again. So yeah, like I, Trotz, know, I, I still Trotz, like Boston, but I mean the Islanders fucking dominated tonight. I think Trotz is like the current version of Daryl Sutter at his best. We'll see what Daryl Sutter can the impact he can have on this flame team next season. But Daryl Sutter is or Barry Trotz is peak Daryl Sutter. Oh know? yeah, totally, one hundred percent. I don't know. I'm kind of starting to sneakily cheer for these these Islanders. Listen, they got a lot of guys on that team that are like I love Matt Barzell. I don't get to see enough of them. I their defense is really underrated. So Noah Dobson was on the property tonight. Sweet. Where's Travis? Where's old Hammer? Havnick. Oh. Oh yeah, where's he? Where's team in the division now, eh? Man, yeah, that, was, that was such a that was such a bad trade. That was the worst, one of the worst trades ever made. In For year sure. in year four of a rebuild, I may add. Fuck. Talk about going against the grain, eh? I sort of understand why people aren't more even more critical of that trade. It was like it was a bad trade on face value alone, but you consider the context where the Flames were literally coming off getting annihilated by the Ducks in round one and in year four of their rebuild, and they're trading a first and two seconds. What are you doing? He was trying to not even lottery protected. He was trying to mimic the Nashville Predators. I wonder what team he's going to copy in the offseason this year. Well, hopefully it's the Avalanche. Hopefully, but I'm not holding my breath. No, I'm sitting here trying to come up with a smart answer, but who's it going to be? Um, okay, it's not going to be the Islanders because they're too successful. Um, it's probably going to be like the Jets or something. A team yeah, that just yeah, kind of fluked, yeah, fluked their way to a third round. Good call. And that's what he'll do. But if he does, I think we'd still be better than we are now. If he's because what, what's the Jets' secret to success? Heavy top six, good top pairing, and, and a good goalie, world class goaltender. We got the goaltender figured the out. Goaltender, the top pairing is probably a bit it's, of a big if. It's probably there for one more season, good enough. And that so top just, six needs some work. All right. So even if even if he he picks the worst team remaining, or the Habs. Or Montreal. I could definitely see him pulling a full Montreal. Yeah, yeah you know what? I changed my answer. Montreal, he, yeah, but he's going to go full Montreal last offseason where he just trades Sean Monaghan like he did Max Domi, trade him for a bunch of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sign, a, sign yeah. every free agent yeah. on earth. He's going Montreal next offseason. You know it. So the Boston Bruins... It's funny when we trade. I'm kind of, I mean, obviously when there's overtime games, the series goes a little bit quicker, but fuck, four games to one? Didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's surprising. I don't know. I wasn't super high on Washington coming in. No Kuznetsov. No Kuz, hey, the COVID kid. 
I read. <laughs> I keep seeing people being like, "Oh, let's Kuznetsov be a trade target for Calgary." It's like, do you remember what organization you're dealing with? They would not touch this guy. With a, if you're not squeaky clean, you're not coming to Calgary. Well, he's never been nominated for the Masterson Award. <laughs> I don't care how good he is. That's basically the rule of thumb. Um, as many good guys in the room as possible is Bradshaw living in the Flames organization. The oh, yeah. We heard Kuzi might not be that great in the room. So, yeah, he's not a good guy in the room. Stanley Cup, really good player. Honestly, he's kind of sucked the last two years, but um, yeah, but, I don't know. And I mean, the whole cocaine situation. I'm not saying we should get Kuzi. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a contributing factor. Probably the reason why he has COVID is he can't keep himself out of the strip joints. Those, Russian, still, those Russians, man. He's probably flying to Russia just to go to underground strip joints. Because Seriously. They, they're probably all closed in Washington, right? There so. needs to be some sort of like no holds barred documentary series with like just Russian hockey players. Like I would watch the shit out of that, what they do in the off season. <laughs> <It'd> be amazing. <laughs> um, but anyways, like, I don't know. I'm not a big Washington believer and I love Boston. So I wasn't super surprised. Like, and they lost their goalie in the first game. I don't know. Like Boston had that. No problem. No problem. All right. Canes beat the Preds. You happy with that outcome? 4-2? Four, Four games. Preds, give the Preds credit. They made it interesting, man. Well, they almost pushed. Uh, it was overtime, right? They almost pushed game seven, didn't they? Not? They made it real interesting. Canes are just yeah. too good. They made it a series. I do give them credit. Yeah. Do you think the Canes have a chance against the Lightning? It's kind of the same scenario, right? It's going to be tough, man. Like there's Tampa's they, they, I think if they were going to have a chance, they really needed to pull out that it, it was such a close game the other night, but like, dude, Tampa is just so good. You well, know, if, if uh, Brian Elliott wasn't in net. Yeah. He's like, like, and I mean, that's, that's what I think it's going to probably come down to is like, okay. Nadelkovich has been great all season, but Vasilevsky is dialed in. Yeah, you so, know, you already know he's the better goaltender uh, going into the series, and you're going to know he's the better goaltender coming out of the series. Like, if Vasilevsky had maybe struggled a bit against uh, against Florida, and I was like, yeah, maybe, but, like, dude looks great. I have a hard time not thinking of the Lightning. It's, it'll probably be six or seven games, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. If the Canes can do this, there's nothing they can't do, but we'll see. Vasilevsky and Hellebuck, one and two in my books in the league. Oh, 100%. And honestly, man, I think Markstrom can be up there with those guys. <laughs> Let's, uh, I don't know. Let's do a seance about it this offseason and maybe a week of this year. We got to get Joe Boo out, eh? Yeah, let's call Glenn. Joe Boo, Joe Boo, Joe Boo. <laughs> so uh, Tampa rolls through Florida. Huh. That, was, that sucked. I know a lot of people were pulling for Florida. Yeah, that sucked. I don't know. Like Tampa's just too good, man. Too good. Okay, round two preview, Avs and Knights. Look, the Knights are going to make a series, are they not? Are they not going to win? The Knights are still really good. It's not going to be a sweep. I mean, if it's a sweep, just give Colorado the Stanley Cup now. But I have a hard time seeing this not going to six games. Like, the Knights are still really good, dude. Like, do we just forget how good they are? No, no, no. Just because they got ass whooped in the first game and – but. But they it's, need to it's win. It's going to be a series. Oh, absolutely. Must win for them. Yeah. Um, Reeves is suspended two games. Did you see that? Yeah. Apparently, he pulled out uh, Graves' hair. 
Yeah, what a taste. dick. Was he Graves? He was Graves, didn't it? Wasn't it? He's a dickhead. So <laughs> it's I'm, like what I sent you that tweet. And it's like uh, Ryan Reeves and the NHL commissioner or no, <laughs> NHL player safety can both confirm that uh, <laughs> a tuffet of hair was pulled out from Graves' head. Sure. It's like Reeves. Yeah, I pulled hair out of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I did. Hair. I did it. No problem. Two games. Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? I know a lot. Like, I, that's what you get, Pete DeBoer, for putting him out there. Well, like, what'd you expect? Yeah, you know what? Screw Vegas. I hate Vegas. I'm I like, sorry. I like I, Mark. I, I like Mark Stone, but that's it. Is it weird that I kind of like the Avs? No. Like they beat us two years ago. Has it been long enough? Like I kind of liked them. What's wrong with me? I've always liked them. Like they, when they it's beat, like, they like beat the, us so soundly that it was like you can't not respect them after it's that. The, it's like the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. No, seriously. Our former abuser. I'm starting to like them. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. No, I don't like the Knights. I do like the Avs. Yeah. Um. I'm, after seeing Game One, Game One bias. I mean, sure. I don't think it'll be that lopsided, but. I think the Avs will win this series. Well, how are the night like? Okay, they have to win Game Two, but it's going to be tough for them. How are they going to beat the Avs four times? Is my question. Oh. Before the Avs beat them three times, it's going to be tough. Barring, barring any injuries or goaltender going down or something, like I don't know, man. I do not know the 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 Avalanche. I have not seen a team look this good. They look insane since it, when? Since like the, since honestly, the like Wings. the yeah, like the best team I can remember is like the Red Wings in their heyday. Peak Lindstrom Red Wings, like that's that's how good they look. Like right now. even Tampa last year didn't look this good, or the year before, like they obviously got swept. But I mean, in the regular season when they were unreal, like I have never seen a team play so fast and be so elite. Like it's ab, it's actually nuts. Yeah, like I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well. It's this, like maybe the Lightning could make a series of it, or Boston's pretty good. But, but like, then you're like, but then yeah. you're like, well, the Knights are fucking great, and they're getting punked. I think the Knights are better than Boston, and they're getting smoked already. So like, that I just don't see how Colorado doesn't cruise to the final now. Do you like um, Carolina's chances in the Lightning series at all? I think they could do it, but it's going to be really tough. Like, I don't like them, but I think they, it's not like, I think they have a better chance to be lighting than the, than the Knights do the, the apps, which is maybe a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah, no, I it's see. just that the key is going to be Nedeljkovic, right? Nedeljkovic matching, matching Vasilevsky. It's not going to happen, dude. I don't think it's going to happen. And I mean, again, even if Nedeljkovic is good and oh, all, even, all, he's not going to be that level. If, even if he plays to 110% of his capacity, he's still not as good as Vasilevsky, unless he pulls like a Jaguar out of nowhere. But, so, like, they, they they have the offense to probably go toe-to-toe with the Lightning, so it's going to be tough for them, though. So what, Lightning in six, seven? I'd say Lightning in six or seven. See, at this point now, I'm kind of hoping that the Lightning... I mean, now I'm starting to cheer for the Lightning because if, if they're that's what's going to give me the best... I want to see best on best. I want to see lightning apps for sure. Yeah. Because if you're like, hey, if someone could beat it, it could be the defending champions. Because you know they got the goaltending. They got better goaltending. I want to see them sweep the lightning. That's what I want. Yes. Yeah. 
All right. Um, Islanders, Boston. Who do you think is coming out of there? Uh, I'm still going Boston. Yeah, me too. And then Boston, Tampa, if they play together, I guess we'll get across that bridge when we get there. Eh? But you would take lightning yep. coming out of the East. All right. Jets and Habs. The only thing I'll say about the lightning, though, is that Victor Hedman is probably, he's, he's obviously hurt, right? He's not, a, he's not his usual self. So that's my one, like, hey, maybe the Canes could sneak by them. And maybe Boston could even sneak by them because Victor Hedman does not look right. So, all right, Jets, Jets and Habs. This is a weird series, eh? Like, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> flip a fucking coin at this point, eh? This is so embarrassing. If like, like this who, is yeah. the this is the like like imagine again like I like you go from watching imagine it's your first time watching hockey and it's like the Avs Knights is game one. And then you flip to the next game and it's Canadians and Jets. This is going to be a shit show. It's going to be a comedy of errors. So I guess they're not even leaving uh, Canada yet, eh? They'll wait oh. until the West the West final. Yep. Dude, I don't know. Like, I guess I'll take... Like, I have literally no clue. Both these teams suck. Neither team should be there. I don't know. I'll take... Because Hellebuck versus Price. That's what it's going to be, pretty much. That's what it's going to be. So the only reason I'll take the Jets is because they actually have a good top six and Hellebuck should be better than price. So I'll take the Jets, I guess. Like who, what, what team. If you're, if you're comparing the series they just came out of what, who impresses you more, the Jets sweeping the Oilers or the Canadians being the Maple Leafs coming back from a three, one deficit. Well, I think it's the Jets because for, I think in the Montreal series, it's more of what Toronto just Toronto just pretty much shot themselves in the foot. It feels like, you know, looks like they should have won those games. Yeah. But the Oilers goal, their number one goaltender is Mike Smith, four-year-old Mike Smith, but they also dominated almost every game. Well, not dominated, but like they should have won those games, but Hellebuck was incredible. The Oilers should have won. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's the only reason I'll be like, yeah. All right. You're taking Jess. I might as well have then. All right. Now, now can I'm you kinda... imagine Colorado playing the Montreal Canadiens? <laughs> oh man, can you met like oh wow? So if the Abs get past the Knights, regardless, Montreal, how's that not going to be a sweep? That's going to be the most lopsided final, like conference final in in probably history. And then where are they going to play? They they don't want to do the the quarantine thing. So they're moving the Canadian teams to some location in the, in the States, right? Yeah. Where is that going to be? I guess we'll find out. Gary Bettman's backyard. They'll probably bring some fans in, in, in the way. I don't know what the rules are going to be. It's weird. All right. Last thing to touch on is the Cadre suspension has been announced. Eight games. Maybe we might have actually talked about it. Eight games, but he's appealing. Maybe instead of appealing, just stop demolishing guys' faces with your elbows. Why don't you give him? How about that? Like, give him twenty games. Like, geez, what a loser! Why would you appeal? That's what they do. That's what the PA is there for. Which is like that's what always rubs me the wrong way when people go after the Department of Player Safety. Then there's an appeal, which is done by the through the Players Association, and nobody says dick all about the PA because like. 
that's what they do. They appeal these things. So, yeah, it's stupid. He he should it should have been more if he's gonna appeal it. It's like it's like if if you know he's gonna appeal it, make it more. You know. So there has to be reduction, and then some sort of mediator picks arbitrator mediator picks the the suspension. Yeah. So what's gonna go to six games? Or I seven? don't even know, dude. It's it's all about salary, really. So. All right. Any closing thoughts on the um, round one, round two preview? I mean, I just wish the Flames were there. Like, what a fucking bummer year to miss. I know even you love to cream by the abs, but still. It would have been nice to see them win a couple rounds with these shit teams. And Jumanji Apani. What a beauty. Dominate. See, was I right? I said I was you like, right. I was like, the dude is the best team on team, best player on Team Canada, and it's not even close. And the buddy gets over there and he's absolutely lighting it up. And who is the jerk store? It was like the it was like eight minutes into the first game, he's there. And he's like, this guy sucks. Some some writer reporter guy it was making this round on Twitter. I forgot to send it to you, but it's like they're like Calgary really needs to fix their roster. This Monty Pony guy, kidding me? Yeah, my response is like you might want to wait like three seconds, bud. Buddy I, has what like four goals? Did I not already? send it to you? No, you didn't. I if I I would have lost, you would have blew bro. a gasket. Eh? I must have been. Uh, I must have known you were. You must have known I was gonna freak out. <laughs> I must have known maybe you're having a tough day that week or something. I didn't want you to lose it. <laughs> they want you to drag your car off of Deerfoot Trail. Local man the leaves. Road. Local man drives into Dr- drives the wrong direction down Deerfoot Trail. Leaves note. <laughs> leaves <His> car. note. <laughs> it says, I love Andrew Mangiapani. That's totally how you're gonna go. It's eh? some sort of flames note. She's gonna if wear my Dougie Hamilton Flames jersey and like <laughs> jump off the Calgary Tower. If the flames were better, I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> <laughs> Just blame it on the organization as a whole. Or I'll do what Newman did in one of the early episodes of Seinfeld where he pretends to kill himself. He like jumps off the second floor. <laughs> He's lying there on the street. Uh, <laughs> all right. Shifting gears to the flames. Uh, you mentioned it a few times. Sean Monahan has been part of trade talks. Apparently, the the GM is listening to offers on Sean Monahan. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. It's like, what the what? Do, what do you think he's been up to the last two weeks? Oh, he's just sifting through the carcass, isn't he? Guaranteed, he's sitting there like George Costanza after he proclaims the summer of George, sitting in his stinky little house, just watching TV, eating Boston pizza every night. Literally, just. Has one favorite saved on DoorDash or skip the dishes, whatever, whatever your preference is. He just has all his, his meals. He's that type of guy. Eh? Has like three oh, yeah. different Boston pizza meals scheduled. He he schedules his whole week. Oh, I know on Thursday around uh, twelve thirty, my uh, Parmigiano will be my pizza Parmigiano will be arriving. He's just like George in his apartment eating a block of cheese the size of a car battery with like no clothes on. <laughs> the doorbell rings. It's open. <laughs> He's like, "Did you bring the extra dipping sauce? I want to rub it on my nipples." So I guarantee he's listening to offers for Sean Monahan. Like you said, what's uh, what seems to might as well listen now, eh? <laughs> 
When when the uh, the book value on Sean Monahan is an all time low. Hey, who wants uh who wants to take a flyer on this guy? Thank God Brad isn't like in Wall Street or something. Like Buddy would have sold all his Bitcoin in the day. Like, can you imagine he'd buy GameStop at like the highest spot? Oh, I think this is you know Travis Hamannick is his GameStop at peak value. Like, oh, come on. I've heard these Sean Monahan trade rumors. Apparently, Bruce Garriott reported that the Flames are listening to offers. Listen, if you everyone knows Sean Monahan was dog shit this year. He was also injured. Everyone knows he was dog shit last year. Right now would be the worst time to trade Sean Monahan. Because In, of what because of what you can get back for him. Yeah. Like, look at his contract situation. He's still signed. His contract situation is not changing. He's only he's turning 27. Doesn't he have a 10 team? He's got a modified no trade clause, which I believe has 10 teams that he uh he has selected that he cannot be traded to or can reject a trade to. Um, I think it's 10 teams. I'm gonna pull it up right now. Yes, it just started this year. Perfect timing. Fuck nuts. Now is the perfect time to trade Monahan, eh? Is it perfect? His no trade clause just kicked in. He's half machine, and he's coming off the two worst seasons of his entire career. But got to buy low and sell high, eh there, Brad? That's like, what are you doing, dude? So have you heard any actual rumors with some leg to it? Dude, our GM is Brad Shee Living. He's going to listen on every offer, eh? He's going he's to listen to every offer. He's going to be listening in on all of them. This is just, I think, like. He's in on all the offers. Oh, he's such a loser. But, like, come on. Like, here's the thing with the Monahan, because I know everyone's on this job, because it is kind of, I've gotten what I wanted this year, where I'm like, coming into this year, it was kind of like my goal to make sure that everybody knew that Johnny Gaudreau was not the problem. I think I've ac- I think we've accomplished that goal, <laughs> because everybody seems to know that that's a fact now. But now it's kind of switching. Okay, Monahan's the problem. Get him the fuck out of here. When I still think that's missing the actual problem, which is like, this team can't score goals. Trading guy who scores 30 goals a year is not going to help you score more goals, you know? So Trading your best goal scorer, yeah. Stro McGinla, is not going to help you score more goals. And listen, I get that he sucked the last two years, but that's even more reason why you shouldn't be trading him right now when you will get dick all back for him. You're telling me, Kate, let's say you trade Sean. You're saying Sean Monahan is not going to be better this upcoming season than he was last year. And he'll only be a year older. He'll be 28. And he'll still have two years left on his deal. If you're going to trade Sean Monahan, do it next offseason. Do not do it this offseason. You're going to get peanuts back for him. Exactly. I do not you're, trust Brad. I I do not trust Brad Shaving to be making this trade at this offseason. You're waiting until next season to blow it up, anyways. Mazel exactly. blow it up with him included. And it would be the most Calgary Flame, because this is what I keep saying to people is like it's going to be the most Calgary Flame thing when they trade Monahan before while still clinging. To Mark Giordano and Michael Backlund. That'll be the most Flames thing ever. Again, Sean Monahan turning 27 in October. I think it's October. He's still only 27. Still, like, you think he's not going to be better after getting his, his issues fixed? And again, still one of the only guys on this team. If Sean Monahan is on the team this year, who's going to score goals? Michael Backlund sure shit can't score a goal. Milan Lucci doesn't, he scores 10 goals a year. Who's going to score? Back on Canada, the fucking net. 
Like you're going to rely on Manji Pani to score 40 goals. Like, come on. So getting rid of that money, which is probably the goal needs to be done through either, in my opinion, backland geo or do something with Seattle to get them to take Lucic because I think it's going to be, it's everybody's going to be when Mon has traded. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 Until next season when we can't score a fucking goal. And Sean Monahan's on the Columbus Blue Jackets scoring every other night. So it's it's not even about Monahan himself. It's about the value you're going to be getting back right now and what you need right now. Like, I, I can't imagine there's many teams w- <laughs> putting together a nice little package for Sean Monahan. Yeah, what does he make? Six. 6.375. For... Until the end of 22-23, so uh, two more years. I mean, if you have money and if you really analyze the situation and you chalk it up under this guy's – if you chalk it up anywhere where we have, where it's probably not the player so much as it is the situation and the organization and the, and the past coaching and the injuries, if you have the money, if you can get him for peanuts – Maybe you do it. Well, like you're, you're telling me it's yeah, if you're another team like Columbus or like, like, wa- even, like wa- even Ottawa or Washington. Washington, yeah, like pennies on the dollar for a guy who's a pretty consistent 25 how about, 30 goal uh, scorer. How about the Islanders? They need some goal scoring. Watch right. them watch them go to the next round. Pick up Sean Monahan in the offseason, sticking with Everly. So, like, and again, where like I just think it's so stupid that everyone is like, yeah, get rid of Monahan. It's like you have $11 million tied up in Lucic and Backlund. Yes, Lucic has been better than what we expected. He still makes a ridiculous amount of money. And to trade Sean Monahan while holding on to dear life to Mark Giordano and Michael Backlund and Milan Lucic, I think personally would not be the best move of all time. You got to give Brad uh, Trilling some credit at how he just escapes criticism, eh? Right? Like, it just deflects right off him, dude. It's like the Lucic thing. Oh, well, yeah, it was his fault. He got us. You know, but, yeah, but he, it's because the Neal thing was, was such a disaster tire fire. It's because he signed James Neal. Like, oh, he gets off the hook. For how, he, much, how much did he sign for? Six? Six million. No, it was five, seven, five. By for five. how many years? Five years. Five years. So did the scouting department help out with that one? Or like, 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 I mean, literally the ink was dry on the Troy Brower buyout when he fired that one out. Fuck. And now you're not going to have enough money to sign Manjapani. I just think if you're going to move Monahan, now is not the time to do it. Next off season would be far preferable. Now is the time to make some shrewd moves for once in your fucking tenure. Now is not the time to be selling low on somebody. Like you said, shrewd moves. Hit a home run on a trade for once. Yeah, or pick up someone that actually is going to work out for once. Instead of doing a trade where it's like, well, all things considered, we did pretty good. Do one that's like, holy fuck, what a good trade. Our team's better. I wouldn't mind, actually, if he follows suit with the Montreal Canadiens. I think they did a good job in the offseason. They didn't sign Brett Ritchie. They went and got Toffoli, Anderson, Perry. How many goals did Tyler Toffoli have in the regular season this year? Fuck. Over 30. 
just going to pull it up right now and just, you know, do a little Daryl Sutter math. Over. Th- <laughs> if we had 28 more goals this season, do you think we make the playoffs? Absolutely. If we even had 20 more goals, you think we make the playoffs? 20 would get us in. Yeah. There you go. Tyler Foley. Josh Anderson would have done it probably. 17. Yeah, he was in on it though, you know. He was in on that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. He almost got it done. Just it just came it. down at the end of the day. You can't blame him. He was in on it. At the end of the day, there's deals you can make, deals you can't make. And then at the end of the day, can you still I still I'm sorry to do this, you guys. I really am. But can you believe we fucking traded Dougie Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that Keynes game and watching him in the last few minutes, and I texted you, Mike. <laughs> A, can you believe we had him? We had Dougie Hamilton. Like, he's so good. One of the best D-men in the league. We had him. We had him on our team. He was a Calgary Flame. And then B, we traded him. He was part of a trade to make us better. We traded him in his prime. Like, the dude scored. If you had to just guess offhand how many points Dougie Hamilton had, he had the same amount of points in back-to-back years. 2016, 2017, 2017, 2018. How many points do you think he had in both those years? For the Flames? 64 points as oh, a defenseman. I was going to guess like 50. Like that would have been pretty money. <sighs> guess uh, that was, that's his own fault though. He liked the Glambo too much. Hey, where the fuck is Dougie? We're going to the keg. Is he's he at the, the fucking Royal Tyrell Museum again? What a loser. Get him out of here. <laughs> what a nerd. Anyways, don't trade. Like, okay, like, if you want to trade Sean Monaghan and it makes sense and it makes your team better, by all means. But, I mean, knowing this GM's track record, I mean, I'm not too confident. I don't trust him with a 10-foot pull right now. Especially in desperation time. Oh, I don't want to see what a desperate Bradshaw living does. I really don't. Like, seriously. So, like, and I know everyone's like, oh, he sucks. Trade him. He sucks. Trade him. He's going to be better next year. And, again, it's like, you know, in Infinity War, when Thanos is like, I use the stones to destroy the stones. It's like, that's what trading a guy like Sean Monaghan would be doing right now. You need goals. Don't trade away guys who score goals. What do you think Brad should do? Make some shrewd moves. Buy low. Like, do you see what do you see what Joe Sackick did last offseason? Yes. Cheap bought Devon Taves on the cheap. He's awesome. Do something like that. Look what the Panthers did. Yeah, do do what the Panthers did. Carter Verhage on a nice cheap deal. Anthony Duclair on a nice value deal. Do stuff like that. Instead of fucking around, mate. You don't have to make a ginormous trade. Just how much made, like I fuck. How much did the the Habs lock up to Foley for? Is it four point seven five? Well, Jordan, you'll be happy to know it's actually less than that. It's 4.25. That's with a 2. That's all a 30-goal scorer costs now, eh? If you're shrewd. Pro-rated, that's like 40-goal scorer, bro. If you're shrewd. This is what we mean by just make some shrewd fucking moves for once in your tenure, please. All I want for the offseason is to not have every move be like, man, I can see how that's going to go wrong. Because even his good moves are like... All things considered, it's like, yeah, we traded Dougie Hamilton and we got Lindholm. I don't want a butt trade. I don't want a asterisk trade. I want a clear win where it's like, holy shit, when you look at five years from now, when you look back at that trade, it's like, we got Devon Taves for two seconds? What? Wow, that's a great deal. I want stuff like that. I don't even want stuff like that. That's, that's what you need. So, I don't know. 
Sean Monahan shouldn't be traded this offseason, in my opinion. I think you are along the same lines as well. All right, final topic before we call it a podcast. <laughs> Flames. Dude, the draft lottery is in, well, by the time this launches, it's, to, it's tomorrow. It's the June 2nd, Wednesday. That snuck up on us. Dude, can you believe the Leafs lost? <laughs> Dude, the, can you believe the Oilers got swept? Oh, what the hell? Anyways. That, so the Leafs was the big upset. That was the big one. The There's Oilers, always one. Always one. The Oilers wasn't even the big upset. The sweep. Connor McNickbeard getting swept. I love that little razor bit you did. <laughs> I was trying to explain to somebody at work today why Connor McDavid's so ugly. And if you just Google like Connor McDavid <clears throat> ugly, that's all it takes, eh? Surprising amount of pictures show up. So I'm not alone in this. So Google has categorized it for us. Thanks, Google. That algorithm is doing exactly what I want. Those web crawlers are, you know doing the job so we the calgary flames have a two percent two chance shot at drafting first overall so you're telling me there's a chance so we finished what 13th from last we're 13th we picked 13th that's correct but the 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 stipulation is the coyotes don't get their pick so really we're 12th coyotes forfeit their pick so we have a shot to to draft first overall, and what's the if we don't get first a two percent two chance, then yet we what is it a four point something four point six percent for second, and then that's all they're gonna they're, that's the only lottery they're doing they're not doing the top sixteen picks they're probably gonna do yeah. all all sixteen aren't they? No, there's only two lotteries this year because they don't like they keep changing it up so all fifteen how many how many. Picks are there in the bottom? Is there 32 teams now or 31? There's 32 because Seattle's joining this year. All right, so there's 16 then that didn't make the playoffs. Okay, and then you're saying that we can't move up if we don't if we don't luck out in one of these. Like, here's the thing. The Oilers get swept. The Leafs collapse, choke again. All, like, this is, this is, Playing right into the Calgary Flames winning first or second overall, is it not? <laughs> Things are all swirling your way. Can you imagine? That would just be to make everything worth it. It It'll really would. Be, it would probably be the Canucks, though, eh? Yeah, it will be the Canucks. Now, and Jim Benning will trade it for like fucking Seth Jones or something. I opened up with this, right? In terms of if, if I could tell you that. To trade off the Flames missing the playoffs, you get to see the Oilers swept by the Jets, and the and the and the Maple Leafs have a three-one collapse. Would you make that trade? Now, obviously, you wouldn't. But if I were to say, and oh hell's yeah, you would do take that all day long. If we all were day. first or second overall pick, even second, dude, even second. Are you kidding me? Okay, so it's going to happen then, folks. I mean, everything. If, if they win it, we'll do an emergency one on the. When is that? It's on the June the second, so in two days. So if yeah, they Wednesday. win, if they win the lottery, we will be on here ASAP. 